It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. 69187, Finley text line, anything we hit in the first hour, ESPN bet. That whole deal with Barstow, you can comment on. Barstow, Barstool, you can comment on. 69187, code word is ESPN. Text line's open, 69187. Played some uh, UNLV football-related mm-hmm. audio, reacted to that. That's coming back in the 5 o'clock hour. And the Devontae Adams injury, which we don't have a real update uh, besides sources saying it's not serious and Josh McDaniel saying it's not crazy serious, whatever that means. John Von Tobel is here from VSIN, part of the company. Cofield and Damon is running the controls. Let's do it. Big four time. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. Sprinkle a little baseball in. Why would you bring up this name from the past? Did you do it just to tweak me? I did. Do you know my feelings on this buffoon? Well, I'm also, I bring this up because I'm offended. I have personal, 100% personal beef with Jose Bautista. Yes. You want to know why? He follows everybody on Z, but he doesn't follow me. Is that right? You think someone's running his account? I think so. I mean, it was 100% like, it's 100% follow back rate. That you go, you know who the weirdest Twitter follower I have? John Cena. It's the weirdest out of nowhere thing that I've ever gotten. John Cena follows me, but I've always wanted Jose Bautista, Joey Bats, to follow me because he follows everybody else. Aside from you wanting a follow, why else is Joey Bats significant on this Friday? Oh, I guess he's retiring. Okay. He signed a one year uh, deal as a Toronto Blue Jay. And I just wanted to take this moment to say, you know what? They don't make them like Joey B anymore. Sure. Guys who played by the rules, played the right way, Knew. the way that baseball was meant to be played. I stopped on your line. Knew the unwritten rules. That's right. Like the back of his hand. Now, police the game like none other. That's right. Enjoyed the game like none other. It, it doesn't really mesh if you're going to be old school baseball guy, but then act like uh, a jackass when you're celebrating. What do you mean? Is there a highlight of him in a divisional round against the Texas Rangers? Knocking a massive home run and doing a bat flip? There's no way that exists. I will give him this. He's got a better chin than Tim Anderson. Yes. So I. this is also why and, I wanted to bring this Ru- up. And Ruji has, I think it was a right, has a better right cross over J-Ram. I, you want to remind people of what happened? I, I Of course. Him and Rugner Door meet at second base. Oh, they exchange words. Door doesn't like it. They they uh, they they set up and Odora clocks them, crushed them. But here's the thing, and this is lost to history. Rougey, I will say this: Joey Bats <laughs> deserves credit because he ate that like I eat lunch, yep. and he did not yep. go down in any way, shape, or form. He was great, bigger guy. That's right, bigger guy. And you know what I always appreciated about Jose Bautista or Joey Bats, as you call him? He's one of those guys who just fought and fought and fought and fought. And then somehow at 28, 29 years old, just found it all. Just a model of the game. I mean, you didn't remember that, right? Yes. He was, he was very much a 23rd man on the roster with the Pirates forever. And then all of a sudden he goes north of the border, which I don't know. Maybe stuff happens north of the border. And then, then, he's, then he's a 35 homer guy. I think it's a climate, right? It's the climate? Yeah. Is that what it is? I think it's what it is. The ball travels further? Yeah. Well, you know what? It was traveling further up there. It was also traveling further down here. It might have been more about him. Oh, I I thought you were going to say it. I forgot over a two-year span he hit 97 home runs in Toronto. 
That's insane. Am I right on the age when he started to finally blossom? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he so his first year in Toronto, he was 28, his first full season, and then age 29 and 30, 54 and 43 homers. <laughs> That's insanity. Yeah. He and uh, David Ortiz are like, yeah, bro, little fist bump every once in a while. Because uh, Big Pappy, Big Poppy, was sort of the same thing. Was a one side of the plate platoon guy, super unathletic with the Twins, and then uh, shortly after he got to the Red Sox, everything just exploded. Hey, you know what? Lots of people in the game found their magical potion, whatever that is, and exploded in that era. So and That climate also helped them eat a punch. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Does anyone study tough. that one? Is that actually why they test in uh, combat sports? Because like, you get a stronger chin? Like, had, If Rugnitador had punched Pittsburgh Pirates version of Jose Bautista, would he have gone down? Crumbled. <laughs> Just would have crumbled. Number three. Damon, you got an impressive physique. Why didn't you jump in on that one? Weird. You got real quiet. Not accusing you <laughs> of anything. Um, I don't... Okay, Ennis Freedom. Explain what... Right? Ennis Cantor? My man. Okay. Uh, you sent over a tweet today. I don't know where this is going or what. I mean, I know what he's saying, but you want to deliver this and explain what's happening here with Freedom? I just thought it was interesting. You know, Enos Freedom, you know, not cancer anymore. Men don't belong in women's spaces, restrooms, locker rooms, or sports. Since I'm blackballed from the NBA, should I put on a wig, identify as a woman, and start dominating the WNBA? Is that when the outrage will begin? Is that fair to all the women who spent their whole life chasing their goals? Where are all the women's rights activists and feminists? Okay. Now that now that I hear it, I, when I read it, it wasn't clear. I'm not real smart, but Damon's delivery, I get it. It's good. So he's focused on, I guess, trans playing, crossing over in sports? Sure. I guess there's not a lot of... I guess, yeah. I guess there's not a lot of women to men transitions that play men's sports. I guess so it's I think he's talking about the opposite, like Fallon Fox and MMA. So. Okay. I'll tell you this. I would love to see him in the pick and roll in the WNBA. Oh, no. I tried to save it. We had it happen again. Tried to save it. Oh, um, no. That's all I want to see. We got a while to go. So you have to fight through it. Here's the thing. Another, another senseless oh, microphone <laughs> accident here oh, in the oh, studio. I'm a pro. He's recovering well. Uh, so uh, there's a lot to focus on with this tweet, right? I mean, clearly the, the, uh, the take that he's trying to have here is really dumb. It's not like some rampant issue that you're talking about when it comes to trans women playing in women's sports and all of that stuff. But I would like to focus on one line. So, Devon, I'm going to show you guys this. You see all that blue on this screen that I've got oh, right here? Got another model? Do you have a no, model? No, it's not a model. So this is a great class. It's a great website. It's called Cleaning the Glass. Right? It's, it's a lot of different basketball statistics. Orange is good. Orange means that you're in the higher percentile at your position. Okay. Blue means you're at the lower percentile of your position. All the blue that you're looking at, there's a lot of blue. Yeah. That, that's all on defense for Enos Cancer. You're not blackballed. You suck. <laughs> there's a really big difference. Okay. You're not being kept out of the NBA. You're not some massive talent that, hey, man, I was just speaking up at the wrong time, and now they don't want me. No. You know what? A ton of opposing teams want you. They want you to play right now. <laughs> the problem is front offices don't want you to play because they lose when you're out there. there you, you suck. Uh, I've heard a lot about relegation in college football. Should we have relegation in the NBA? And as Cantor does actually get his wish, and you don't have to wear a wig, you just get sent to the WNBA. Sure. Good luck. Hopefully, you can dominate. I would kind of like to see it. Watch him get blown by on pick and rolls because he can't move his hips. He's terrible. 
Kelsey Plum just <laughs> screwing him into the ground. That'd be great. On the switch. Yeah. Uh, number two. Number two. Well, speaking of big fellas who maybe can't defend but are good offensively, this is out of nowhere. Where'd you get this from? The you Athletic. Some, some Zach Eady talk in the middle of the summer, the Purdue big man who went through the NBA process and I guess was told... Uh, you better go back to school. Enjoy enjoy college for all it is. It's not a quiet summer for Zach, though. He is on Team Canada. He's on the roster. Okay, there yeah, you go. For the people okay, who are so Okay, so I can see that feature popping up. Yeah. By the way, very talented Team Canada, right? Yes. They're going to be really good. They should be, at least. Yes. They got off to a slow start in their friendly against Germany the other day, but yes, they should right. be very Do good. Do you want to answer Demond's day. question? Demond uh, asked, uh, does Zach Eady have a shot in the pros? Oh, it's a real question? <laughs> no. <laughs> How can a seven foot four guy, you know, seven four, three hundred pound guy, have no role in the best professional league in the world when he can score the way he does? You saw it in you saw it in the NCAA tournament when a it wasn't on him, but it, it, it was kind of. On I mean, him. he got dragged out to the perimeter and his defense didn't help. Purdue. It was a team of Demonts, like they were all like six foot one. Thank you, FAU. Demont got six, right, but he one. wasn't responsible for. No, but what I'm saying is when you watched him first off defensively, dragged out to the perimeter against a smaller team, you get, you get dominant, you get destroyed, right? You can't do it. You can't go out into space and defend. That's all the NBA is. On top of that, and may, this is something he can improve, so maybe he starts doing it. And you watched a lot of Big Ten basketball, so I think you know, you know what I'm about to speak on here. The lack of physicality for a guy that size, he would have six foot six guys on him in that game. And the, you're seven million feet tall. Just yam on this dude yeah. and score. And he, he just he does not have that aspect of his game yet. Which is kind of crazy because you're Matt Painter. I think we've talked about this before. Like you said, I watch a lot of Big Ten basketball, and one of the most amazing stats of the year was Zach Eady, I think, finished the year with, say, like 59 fouls in 36 games. Yep. And, and you watch, he, is, he is hitting people all the time. But when you're doing that, go and finish and brutalize people. Right. Like you have, you have a blank check. In college, they don't. They won't call fouls on the guy. Go, you're a star. Crush people. This pic, like Demont sent over this article. That's that picture is a rarity. I don't think I've ever seen that before. <laughs> that, was, that was probably like yeah. a breakaway, right? Like I mean, yeah. he was cherry picking on jump, the other end. Jump hooks <laughs> and uh, you know two hands slap on the backboard ain't it? No. Go and throw and, and look, crush people. And just look at the center position now. To like your centers, they have to be athletic. They have to be able to run up and down the floor. They have to be lob threats. You know, maybe does he make like the back end of a roster, like a you know a last guy? Maybe, but in terms of being like a legitimate role player in the NBA, I would highly doubt it. Number one. Okay, I'm gonna stay calm because I know I'm walking into a mental buzzsaw here, oh, and man. I'm going to get irked. I'm so. Mad. You guys both sent this over. NFL Plus. What is this? It's a new thing. So okay. NFL Plus is now. It's the perfect time to sign up for it because they've added. I actually kind of like this. So, for those who don't get, like, NFL Network or maybe don't have cable, NFL Plus is you get access to all the live preseason games. You get access to, like, Game Pass, which is replays, films, all that sort of stuff. You get NFL films. So, you get a bunch of whole cool stuff. So, this stuff. is kind of what Adam Hill raved about for the last couple of years. Because don't they do the All-22? Yes. Because they'll always say, uh, you know, Monday, Tuesday, I go back and I got to watch the All-22 when well, that comes he's out. He's the only one that watches it, remember. Um, <laughs> he always tells you that. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying that no one's interested. <laughs> no. There's something special he does that no one else will put in a work on. Um, no, so it has that, but they have added NFL Red Zone and a free NFL Network stream. Well, not free. You have to pay for it, but an NFL Network stream as well. So you sign up for this. You get the replays of the games. You get different ways to watch the games, condensed all 22. You get the live preseason games. You get NFL Red Zone and NFL Network. So if you're like an uber NFL fan, 
and you don't have cable, don't want to pay for it, but you still want your NFL fix, it's a pretty good deal. It's not it's not live game like Game Pass or a Sunday ticket, but you get the replays. Well, Red Zone's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. $50 for the year, and I get the All-22 that no one else watches besides Adam. That's right. You and Adam can do it together. Man, I like this. Can I tell you why I'm so upset, though? Why is that? The link is dead. I don't know if it's because they just released, like, the press release. I've actually been trying to sign up all day. And every time I click sign in, it just crashes on me. Do you think it crashed or it's not It's not live yet? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying to sign into my account because I actually I signed up for it last year because I do watch, you know, other stuff like Adam does. Right. And so I, I got a notification that I was going to get recharged, you know, coming up here a little bit. But I wanted to see if I could get some deals in. Yeah. But I can't sign in. Okay. I'm going to stay calm. One. You, screw, you screwed up. <laughs> well, I need, Sunday, I, I need Sunday ticket. So I've told the story a billion times now that there was a June 6th deadline. That was it. That was it. With YouTube. That was it. Sunday ticket, 249. And then I think it bumped to 259 a month. Check that. That's the whole season. I guess the $10 add-on is not a big deal for the red zone. So I did pay a little bit extra for the red zone, but you guys are paying like 7 bucks a month. My problem with NFL Plus is, and maybe you can check on this for a feature, I paid for that service for two years at like $100 a year, and both years I got duped because the reason I was paying for it is I love going back, and the Vast Sound Crew loves this too, going and getting radio calls. Yeah. And it used to have all the access to the local radio calls. They don't have it. Can we add that back in and I'm in? But in, general, but in general, let, let, we'll, we'll address it on the way back. In general, more access to the NFL is a smart thing and a good thing for you guys out there. It's Cofield and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Rolling towards the halfway point of the show. Lots of uh, Raiders sound updates. Joint practice the last couple days with the Niners. Little fight talk coming up at around 445. DeMond's here. It's Cofield. Please don't touch the microphone again. I'm sorry. Uh, if you are watching our live feed every once in a while, we go live. We do a lot of archive videos up on social media as well at ESPN Las Vegas, at Steve Cofield, at UNLV All Access. Um, but we every once in a while, we go live, and John was – I think he spent four of the six minutes – Fixing a microphone. I mean, just make the thread like two centimeters it's longer. Stuff. Yes. Yes. If you are, uh, if you notice, I'm doing it right now. Uh, in a lot of these videos, I'm always touching the microphone. I'm just making sure it's not going to fall. Out. I had to fix that one the other day. Actually. Did you? Make Somebody sure had messed up the. Uh, you the know, size. for those who see this, yeah, you know, there's these little rubber strings yeah, right yeah. here that allow it to. When you move it, you don't really hear it. You know, it suspends the microphone. But it was all out of whack. Somebody okay. was messing with it. Uh, anything else on uh, NFL Plus that you're getting now and you're all fired up? Please r- really do the research if you can on uh, if they're going to add the radio calls back. I love those. Sure. I like local radio guys. You know that. Um, no, that's about it. I just can't wait to watch. Can't wait to watch preseason games. My guy, Anthony Richardson, 10 a.m. Saturday. Can't wait to watch it. That is cool. Did you think you were sticking it to me because I was so <laughs> so strong on making sure I got my discount from YouTube on Sunday Ticket? Kind of. I just, I just don't want to see... I am selfish. I don't want to see anyone get a better deal than I did. But I also feel like you're going to use your unlimited DVR to record the games, which I think, can you? I haven't even tried the. I really have not. Wa- I signed up like June 3rd. I really have not watched any of YouTube 
TV. I will say that is my favorite aspect of it. It is super simple to use where you just, for me, right, it was. Oh, you know what? I do use it. You do? Yeah. But the way it sets it up, which is nice. So, for example, for UNLV games, so I'll literally select all UNLV football games. Right. So anytime UNLV football comes on, boom, record, slap it into my DVR. I'm not here to pitch other places, but Hulu Live had the same thing. No, it didn't. Hold on, Steve. It did. (laughs) It's in the uh, press release in the $6.99 a month version, $49.99 a year. Live game audio, home, away, and national calls for every game of the season. There you go. Ooh. So okay. come on over to the dark side. This is NFL red meat, as they say in the press release. And, you, and it's 50 for the year. Are you sure? Yeah. That's, okay. that's okay. regular they, No, are you sure about that? that Plus, sounds, I'm looking at the press release right now. That sounds cheap because I will say they tried, premium. To, they tried to auto renew mine again because I got gotten last year and it was $100 a year. Right. That's what mine and, is. And I, and I was like, nope, I'm out. Don't do that to me again. So now you might be the one who's all mad. Well, I don't get charged until September 10th, so I got time to figure this out. Okay. Maybe that's why they're killing my link. Well, you got to figure it out. Maybe they want me to sign in and figure it out. <laughs> yeah, you already got it, man. Well, you better figure it out because you know. Now nah, forget we, and just get charged. We've talked about TV and all these other subscriptions and how many times I feel like I'm paying twice for something. And if you don't pay attention, man, it's crazy. I don't even know how I have some stuff right now. I thought I canceled stuff. It's the Wild Wild West out there on oh, TV. Oh, I got a story for you. I think I told you guys this off the air. There was a there was a certain place where one of our children was born, a hospital. Oh, your hospital keeps getting you. That, that <laughs> they were they were charging us yeah. over after we were done paying off the bill. Well, you so, must have signed something. How can they keep charging you? I what would I, I guess, sign? Well, I guess they can keep charging. Sign you. here if we can no, keep charging you when you're done. No, I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking it was like access to, to like a bill pay, like that kind of thing. Like oh. they're they're, draw, they're drawing it right out, but they're not. They're charging your credit card. Yeah. yeah. So like it was wild. Oh, so like oh yeah, I'm sorry. You just got an extra four hundred dollars here. We'll roll it over to the other bill that you owe. Like, thanks. Auto charges and late fees are like billion, billion dollar industry across the board. It's insane. Because people just don't pay attention that closely, including me. But I do. Idiot. That's why it was my point of contention in the house. Did you call yet? I'll get it today. (laughs) All right. I want to hit a little college football here on expectations. And get an update on the Pac-12 or the Pac-2 or the Pac-4. Pac-4 right now. Uh, first, I heard Colin the other day, and we run Colin down here in Vegas for the Reno audience. We have him on our Fox Sports Las Vegas affiliate. And on this show, um, Michigan expectations, Michigan football expectations are always sort of dampened. Yeah. It's a little engine that could. Yeah. Because we have a Michigan fan on the staff, Adam Hill, and he's always like, well, they don't have what everyone else has. Well, Harbaugh's there now. And – Colin was rolling through the schedule and set up expectations. But the way he set it up is, and I like the way he did this, because people in the South, you know, genuflect at the, uh, at the feet of Kirby Smart, but especially Nick Saban, and it's like, oh, Harbaugh's not the same level coach. Nick Saban whiffed in the NFL, could not make it in professional football. Harbaugh won two division titles, got to three NFC championships, and a Super Bowl. Well, it's Michigan, everybody wins. Rich Rod didn't. Brady Hoke didn't. My guess is they run the table. I think they're that good. But Michigan this year is the deepest and best they've ever been, and they have a young quarterback who may, may or may not, be a mid-to-late first-round pick. So they've got it all. So if they don't run the table, is that disappointing? Because I don't know that they're going to run the table. Like Those are the expectations now for Georgia, Alabama, and Michigan's on that same level. Like unbeaten or just one loss or bust. 
or you're you're failing the season. Oh, I would say for this year, if they have more than one loss, I think it's a disappointing season. Now, I think it's realistic if they have two losses because they have to play both Penn State and Ohio State, and Penn State is very good, and Ohio State is, again, good as usual. It's not out of the realm of possibility that they suffer two losses and are still a very good team, but I think expectation-wise, when you look at win totals and other things and just narrative, yeah, I think if they finish the season 10-2, and two, I think that'd be a disappointment. I hear you guys on Visa talking a lot of futures, like a lot of futures, right? Looking ahead for college football. We haven't gone that deep yet. Is So Michigan has an advantage because they've got experience at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is there a situation at, and this is why I always think like, hey, you know, when people throw out, oh, Alabama's going to be great, Georgia, because they're always great. Well, quarterback's a big part of that. And sometimes you just go into a period where the next quarterback ain't the guy. So is there a situation with a top program like Ohio State, like Georgia, like Alabama, where there's been a consensus on that group of quarterbacks on those teams where they're like, eh, I don't know. Because I feel like the assumption is there that, hey, it's just going to keep rolling. You know? Oh, there's another Bryce Young. Automatic. I th- the conversations that I've had with a lot of people, it would be in order Ohio State and Alabama in terms of questions you have about the quarterback mm-hmm. position. You know, and I would I would very much I think I'd put Alabama first, only in that like when you bring in Ty Buckner from Notre Dame because you just need somebody in the room that knows the offense. That's I don't think it's a great sign. Jalen Moreau's there too, and he's an awesome athlete, but he's not really there as a passer. They've also got a young kid at quarterback too, but maybe it's a little too early. And clearly, not at the level of Bryce Young, who was thrown in there right away. I I would very much question whether or not Alabama is going to be the team that people expect them to be, only because I have real questions about what that offense looks like. And we are playing a promo, at least we're running it from ESPN National, that has Greeny saying that Alabama last year was two plays away from winning or getting to a national championship game. And I'm like, it's you, you don't just look at the losses. They were two plays away from three losses. They Like, do we not – are we forgetting yeah. what – like, I, I can't do that conversation anymore. Okay. I, but it's, it, it's, yeah. it's the way you look at it, but that was last year. Regardless, well, well, that was I last year. I, I – People don't look at the games you win as games you could have lost that sure, were super tight. Texas was a disaster. Of course it was. They should have lost that game. Latest update on the Pac-12. Um, so story. There's a lot of uh, recap stories now by people. John Canzano does a really good job. He's uh, in the Portland area, you know, uh, statewide radio guy uh, and a columnist. John Canzano. Uh, he said. Uh, Pac-12 media or Pac-12 had a media rights deal last summer on the table for 30 million per school with ESPN, but the presidents turned it down because they thought they could do better. That sounds about right. <laughs> yeah, they overplayed their hand. Of course, they overplayed their hand, and I, you know, I keep going back to our buddy Monty, who's really good on this, who does a YouTube show out of Salt Lake, and I, I listened back to the spot we did with him about two weeks ago. It was on uh, August third, and he said. They just got way too arrogant. And at one point, ESPN even came to them, and they're like, you probably need – like, we're warning you. I don't know if they said it. Like, we're warning you. Our storm is coming. We will not have money for everyone. You need to merge with the Big 12. And what wound up happening? A lot of them merged with the Big 12, and now you've got four on the cutting room floor, and Stanford and Cal have been uh, rebuffed by the ACC for now, mm-hmm. and Oregon State – and Washington State, I don't think are going to have any offers. They're not going to get invited to the ACC. I don't see a reason the Big 12 needs to bring them in. So, for now, the Pac-4 still exists. From here, I don't know what's going to happen. But it all slowed down, didn't it? 
all the marketability, the, all the excitement to grab schools from the Pac-12, these last four, people aren't that excited. So can I ask this question really quickly? So I know you were really upset about this whole thing. <laughs> yes. You know, about, yeah. hey, greed, money, all yeah. of that. But with the knowledge that there was a TV deal in place mm-hmm. for $30 million, yeah. you know, we can sit and point fingers at the other media, you know, like, hey, you know, like, all this TV greed. But, I mean, at the same time, it sounds like the Pac-12 was the architect of its own demise. Because how can you turn down $30, then come back $30 around? Million, yep, right, $30 million. Then come back around that next year and go, oh, by the way, it's $20 million and it's subscription-based. I kind of can't blame programs like Washington State and Oregon yeah, going, had enough. I can't do this. I'm out of here. But we also don't know if Washington and Oregon were leading the way on saying, hey, we can get more. That's a good point. You don't exactly know on the board of directors who flexed their muscle and you know pushed Klyavkov in this direction. I think he did a lot of it on, on his own. Uh, Brad McMurphy today said, uh, uh, had this from the Oregon State president, quote, preserving the Pac-12 is the best interest or is in the best interest of the OSU student-athletes and the remaining universities, so we are doing everything under control to stabilize and rebuild our conference. I don't know what that means. But also – So I guess that's – I guess they're going to keep trying – Without Stanford's cooperation, right? Is Cal in? So is it just the two schools are trying to bring, like, break up another conference, break up the, the Mountain West to stabilize their conference? I mean, and that also doesn't make any sense. Two of the schools you said all of them are in. Two of them were just flirting with the ACC. I don't think. I don't think every. You might want to double check. No, he's speaking for Oregon State. Well, yeah. what's the quote? Uh, we said, we are doing everything in our control to stabilize and rebuild the conference. Oh, okay, it's, the way yeah. you read it, the student athletes and remain. Well, there right. we go. Right. Yes, and the remaining the remaining universities. Yes, <laughs> like no, they're not. This hour is brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, Oregon State alum Justin Watkins, along with Matt Hoffman and the rest of the crew. We're waiting for your call. You need advice. You need help. Call seven. Check that seven six six fourteen hundred dial seven seven five in the north. and Company, live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Really good job during the break, John. Really good. One of my, my, it's not anyone else's real weakness, it's mine, so I need help on it, is oftentimes I will tease ahead, uh, even going into a break and say, hey, we're going to talk about this on the way back, and then I get distracted. I'm old and feeble. Um, We were talking about the preseason and how to bet games in the preseason because the ringer ringer has some pretty good gambling people. Austin Gale, right? Is that cat? The, the New York overnight guy still there. What's his name? I can't remember. Oh, you Stremsky. Yeah. Is he still there? Cause I he's, so. he's yeah. a, he's a betting, he's a podcast guy with him. He's yeah. a, he's a betting guy. Look, man, I'll never. No, he's a he. You can tell he is a new better. So he brings yeah. an energy to when he talks about betting of the kind of that, you know, lots of bad beats. Sure. Very frustrated. We're all new. <laughs> But sometimes there's a, there's a natural career progression, Steve. So Austin Gale used to be with PFF, right? Yes. So he wrote a piece so. on do's and don'ts of preseason betting. By the way, four games underway right now. Uh, Pittsburgh and Tampa, Green Bay, Cincy, Atlanta, Miami, Giants, Detroit, and uh, two more on the way. About to kick off Washington and Cleveland. Someone corral Eric Bieniemy. He's hmm. a wild man. And Denver, Arizona. Later tonight. Did you read the story in the ringer and the do's and don'ts? Did you, th- you did you like it? Do you think it was good? Yeah, it was fine. There was nothing crazy about it. I would always stress in, you know, Gail actually, it's funny when, you know, when you write, sometimes you address your own point and almost work against it. 
So one of the first points he makes is like bet on the Baltimore Ravens, for example, in the preseason. Well, he also mentions one of the biggest points, and I always say this. If you know it, they know it, being odds makers. Generally, that sort of thing is already, as the phrase is, baked into the number. It's why the Ravens in the preseason you'll see are very big favorites quite a few times. John Harbaugh in the past is very much mentioned. He likes to win in the preseason. Thus, you get numbers that are a little inflated. So is it, I think, I think it's, it's somewhat, uh, we'll call it shallow analysis to just say, bet on the Baltimore Ravens. Because that is something that's already factored into the betting numbers that you are betting into. So just got to think a little bit past step one, essentially. That makes sense. But if they always win. But they don't. They're not, he's not undefeated in the preseason, right? But weren't they, they have like a good streak going? They do. They, they're, they have some ridiculous winning record. But remember, too, so you can go in there and you can bet these massive money lines, which, again, are baked up because the Ravens always win in the preseason, uh, or um, the point spreads. But, again, you're laying more generally with the Baltimore Ravens than what you would with any other team. And while it might seem on the surface to go, well, they win, no problem. You have to think about it, Devon, over the long term, which is, I know, something that generally people don't think about. Why are you laughing? Keep going. I mean, no, I just, no that's talk the to me like I'm fine. That's okay. Well, no, that's the whole point, right? Yeah. Like, you have to think about it long term, not just on mm-hmm. a bet-to-bet basis. So if you're, if let's say the Baltimore Ravens in the preseason are a minus $4 favorite and they lose just one of those games, you're down. Three preseason games, they win two out of the three. Yeah, but if you're laying minus 400 for each, you're down. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. These are the things. Yeah, there you go. See? In my notes, I put as a novice. Yeah. So. No, I'm not. I think, I think it's. This is actually for the audience. It's for me, too. And it's for me, too. I'm. That's not like, like I, I can talk betting. I don't. It's not like I win. Sure. I mention all the time. I have no discipline. I bet pizza money. I go on bad streaks because I chase. But I, I get annoyed. I'd also stress. like bet stupid money. I didn't. I, uh. I told you last week, I bet, like, for no reason, especially way too late in the game, uh, it just hit me, like, five minutes before the uh, Jake Paul and Nate Diaz fight. I'm like, eh, this is on Saturday. I'm like, eh, I saw Diaz in the videos and the way in. I'm like, I'm going to bet it. I'm going to just bet Jake Paul. Minus 380. That's a stupid bet. Now, he won pretty easily. I mean, I'd actually argue that's a good bet. I think, we- it's, I think it's a bad bet because you could have gotten a much lower number weeks ago. Now, I was basing it a lot on how he looked. It's not like I couldn't anticipate that Nate Diaz wasn't going to care. But, so. that's, but it's an impulse bet. I just think impulse bets a lot of times are bad plays. But if I can say really quickly, that exchange right there is also a really good example of value is subjective at the end of the day. So if you think that what the Ravens have done in the preseason in the past warrants more in the point spread or the money line than what the books have accounted for, then there's value to you. You go ahead and bet it. But value is subjective. We have to talk about Jake Paul a little bit more. Mario Lopez had a really strong take. Yeah, that Mario Lopez. And uh, I want to get into fighting. We gotta we gotta recap one of the best fights we've ever had here on Cofield and Company. It's Cofield and Company live on ESPN Las Vegas and ESPN Sports Reno. Told you we have fight stories. We have fight stories. I'll finish that one during a break. We uh, maybe someday we'll start going live during the breaks. John Von Tobel. Cofield, Damon, ESPN Reno, ESPN Las Vegas. These uh, 4 o'clock hours are brought to you by our friends at Battleborn Injury Lawyers, Justin and Matt, Justin Watkins, Matt Hoffman, and the rest of the crew at Battleborn. These guys are great, right? We've, uh, we've had them with us for like 11 years. Everyone we know, if they need advice, they either go right to Justin or Matt you know, or reach out to me, and they're like, hey, what should I do? I'm like, go to them. They'll help you. So 766-1400. 
Locals, too. Well, Matt, uh, check that. Uh, Justin, local. Las Vegas local. Nevada, local. All right, we got some fights to talk about. And by the way, they're number 766-1400. in the north. So yesterday, Damon, you made a good move, but you did truncate a conversation. And I'll say, you know, when we do our prep sheet, um, you have, like, just, if you need to add stuff to the rundown, because I forget stuff, because we, we kind of, we don't script out the show, but we'll have, like, bullet points, points we want to hit with guests. And you you got in the uh, the brawl at uh, down in Montgomery, and it was really good, because I had forgotten to put that on there with Xavier, and we laughed about it and had fun. But we started on a pizza topic. I know this is going to sound ridiculous. The Montgomery brawl is much more important than some pizza topic. But we had started on a pizza topic, and we never finished, because I know John was ready to go. Oh, yeah. Um, and it goes back to a connection with a comment that Xavier had made. I don't know why he threw it out the other day, but you know he threw out, "Hey, what what are the worst toppings on pizza?" And he's he's a vegan, so like some of the stuff he said that was good. Like he said sun dried tomatoes on pizza is a really good topping. I mean, I guess, but there seemed to be an agreement on black olives are gross on pizza. Disgusting. Throws off the whole flavor. Where are you on black olives? I'll eat them if they're on it. Obviously, a good supreme pizza, but I could do without them. There you go. Yeah, I don't like black olives. I don't even really like regular olives. Um, I don't know if you saw a picture. I I had gotten a Bloody Mary last weekend, and I got some olives thrown in there, and I ate the olives, and I'm like, yeah, they're they're not bad. But the black olive thing on the pizza on this show is a real issue. Yes. Uh, can I say very quickly? About a, co- a couple weeks ago, I was out um, with some friends and uh, Dustin Swedelson. Who uh, you knew works with Nia Vison. Sure. He was having a like a, a dirty mar, uh, dirty martini. Yeah. Is that the mm-hmm. one with all the olives in yeah. it? Yes, it is. So he made me try it, and I keep in mind I've actually never had in my memory a green olive before. I've had yeah. black olives. I don't like them. Yeah. That was the most disgusting drink I've ever had in my life. <laughs> yes. And he was throwing them back, and yeah. I'm like, dude, what is this yeah. monstrosity? Oh, you'll get people Ugh. who want like how dirty oh, was it? <laughs> it was it was cloudy. It was not. It was, it was gross. <laughs> So want to remind people, and I don't think DeMond's heard the story before, of uh, old Cofield and Company. John is working the controls. Adam Hill is in. I think Taylor Byrne was in, too. We have we had a full crew, huh? Yeah, I think we had a full crew. And it got ugly. Like, it's the loudest screaming. People came to check on the studio <laughs> to see what was going on. Yeah, a fight over black olives on pizza. Black, well, not even black olives on pizza. It started with, yes, the, the, they made the ridiculous, ridiculous argument that kids like to put black olives on their fingers. Who's they? Adam Hill eat did. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah Adam did. Yeah. But, like, that it was, like, this normal thing. And they were like, no, no, that happens all the time. And just because Google auto-filled olives on fingers, they were like, see, see, I told you. It was, it was one of the most asinine arguments I've ever heard in my life. Black olives are disgusting. Nobody likes them. Nobody likes them on their pizza. Everybody picks them off. And I'll tell you what. I'll add this, too. Those of you who make... Your bland pasta salads. I don't need black olives in the nasty pasta salad either. You pick them out every time or you spit them out. It was one of the worst arguments we've ever gotten in. The black olive incident of 2014. Never be forgotten. You remember the year? Yeah. <laughs> it was loud. It was real loud. So only the second loudest was when I screamed at Steve and Adam in a break because they pissed me off. Yeah. Well, that, was, that had a different studio makeup. You remember what happened? Oh, I remember. I'll never forget. It was the first time it really blew up on you guys. Yep. Because, Ad- I- Adam and I, uh, we, we uh, every once in a while, have a tendency to bully. 
The, no, but here's the thing. The producer, and it's your job to fight out of the corner. And I think, because generally I'm, I, I was behind the producer. Was your back turned and you could, could you see me in the reflection of the monitor? No, I think because I was I've facing. had that happen before where Adam and I are shooting looks about something the producer did, and they're like, I can see you, idiots. Well, because I was at the time, we actually had to do live updates. So what, uh, like, that's what it was. Yes. So, so of course, because Steve and Adam are perfect, yeah. right? Never so, I, like, they've never stumbled over a word before. But anytime I did it, like, we had to stop the show. You know, if I called Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, because I stumbled one time, oh, man, it was a whole segment on it. And I'm not, I'm not really, like, I'll take it every once in a while. But So I stumble over an update, and, you know, you pop the mic off so you can get everything ready. And Adam goes to say something, and I just go, I don't want to hear it. And I, you know, it was simple and tame at first, but I just told him, I don't want to hear it. We're coming back. I don't want to hear it. So we come on. And, of course, you guys can't let it rest. Nope. And I blew up. I'm like, I'm tired of it. It's all you do. Every show. <laughs> like to the point where we had to go to break because I was losing it. <laughs> One of my greatest moments. It was. And was this also around the 2014 time? Uh, it was pretty early on because we were still doing updates and I was still producing like 100%. So, yeah, it was pretty early. Probably about 2014. <clears throat> But we got the desired result. That's right. Why do we do it? To make you better. Well, I'm iron, not, iron sharpens but, iron. Yeah, but but it, but I mean, it is something that, and I guess I'm the person who's on the, the common theme on all this. It is something that we have done going back to like 1996. Because my my first partner on uh, national radio, by the way, I've just backslid, um, was a guy named Ryan Williams, and we had multiple producers. And they just got destroyed. You have to fight back. We had we had a guy that he wanted to be called Big Daddy, oh, and he was God. he was like he was probably like six one and like three fifteen, and he insisted on wearing medium T shirts, and they were like exploding off his body. So it just turned into Big Fatty, and he just that was it. He didn't la- he did he lasted like three months, and he was out. So. Happens. You got to fight back. You know we have we have a Dan Jacobs on all the time from Denver. Yeah, and uh, now he's a judge. Watch where this goes. Now he's a judge. He's an attorney. He's a weekend host and then a fill in during the week on the fan in Denver. Why did all of that happen? I don't know. Was he chastised because of me? I was going to say was he harassed because we beat the living (laughs) snot out of him. But he was actually he was one of those guys who would come back and he would just he would fire back. He's like, I'm not going to take it. But it's funny. I hadn't talked to him for like eight years up until like four years ago. And he, he brought up uh, Brandon Tierney, who's on in New York. And he's like, you guys were the most arrogant jerks I've ever worked with. And I'm like, good. I, oh, it got, it got personal. Oh, yeah. Like, I even, oh, like, no. like, oh, it was great. I even had a line. I was like, I, I don't know what I said to you, but I know what Adam I was like, you're always burping in the mic, and I don't say anything. Like, oh, I was, I was pissed. <laughs> I don't remember that. Is that right? Oh, yeah. No, I, I unloaded. Because it was just one of those things where, you know, because I would push back initially, but it just caught me on that right day, and I was like, I'm done. And look, like, I'm and done. look at John now. He's, well, I mean, Adam Hill, it's part of Adam's Hill, uh, Adam Hill's broadcast tree, as, he, as Adam always says, right? <laughs> Doing big things. And, uh, has anyone ever been able to walk up to you in a radio station situation and bully you? Of course not. Of course not. That's right. Let's do it. That's what we do here. Let's do it. Right? Get into fights. <laughs> yes. 
Believe me, our fights are tame. I don't have to go through all the fights that have happened here over the 20 years. No. That actually got physical. All, I was going to say. That one, I, that one I, I saw what was happening, and I'm like, let's go to break, and let's calm down. I've only gotten to two kind of shouting matches here in the studio behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. That's why we like the fight game, right? There's no segue here. Okay. Um, I thought this was interesting. Uh, our buddy Steve Kim does a podcast, a boxing podcast, with Mario Lopez. Like, they're friends of him years ago, and, you know, Mario Lopez, is, I mean, he does everything. He's, what, Slater going back to, what the hell was the name of the show? Saved by the Bell. How yeah, dare Saved you? by the Bell. I just blanked, right? Wait, that was his co- character? Oh, yeah. A.C. Slater. A.C. Slater, wrestler. I thought Slater the- was the curly-haired guy. That's who Mario Lopez is. Are you, hold on. Are you talking about Screech? Yeah, there we go. No, that, okay. No. Yeah. Rest in peace. Okay. Dustin Diamond. But uh, they were talking fighting, and... Um, well, he brought it hard on, on Jake Paul. I'm, I've been impressed with Jake Paul. He keeps keeps winning, keeps taking out old guys, but not according to Mario Lopez. Meanwhile, Jake Paul's over here. Like, he's had a whole pharmacy in him. Mm. My guy's got a masseuse with a nutritionist, with a magician, a juggler. His team is like 20 people deep. Mm. He said he spent like a half a million in the training camp. He still looked very amateurish to me. Look, I give anyone props that steps yeah. in there. I don't see major strides in his improvement as far as a fighting acumen. Okay. How about the beginning? I mean, is it, is it responsible for podcasters and radio people to allege... I mean, I we would never. Well, maybe whole we do it all the time. A whole pharmacy. You know? I mean, I, I mean, I said the same. I said the same thing uh, along the same lines. Like he did look, and it's because Nate Diaz was so paunchy, but uh, he did look bigger than he's ever looked and shredded. And but there's no testing. There's no, no testing. I mean, but Mario Lopez, he's all natural, at 48. So I mean, he's. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Damon? Is Lopez a natty? <laughs> I don't know. You got to look at this picture. He's pretty ripped up. But he, you know, he was he was ripped up on the show too. They don't test that, in Hollywood either. That was also thirty years ago. Well, they they don't. But my God, how many shows you see? How many movies? Like what? That guy had no physique ten years ago. Right. He's a bodybuilder now. It's crazy. How about on the boxing abilities? Is he right that that was actually a terrible fight for him against Nate Diaz? That Jake Paul kind of didn't show much progress. I mean, I don't. I'm not a high. I'm not a keen eye in terms of evaluating boxing right. acumen. I mean, I the ones I've watched and I've seen, and I saw you know good chunks of that fight against Diaz. I mean, it didn't look graceful, but also when you're fighting guys who are just happy for the paycheck, it's gonna yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna turn their back. Yeah, right. Walking over to the ropes to talk to people in the stands. Uh, speaking of that. Don't ever turn your back on the Nigerian basketball team, the women's team. Well, especially if you're holy, throwing elbows holy in their crap. face for 10 minutes. So we've got Liz Cambage, Cambage, however you say her name, the 6'8", 270-pound uh, former center of L.A. and uh, the Aces, and, and she's out of the WNBA. They, the, the whole league is just like, you're just a waste of time, and you're a terrible person. And we had heard the story about her and the Nigerian national team, and, I mean, this is what people claim, that she was calling – players monkeys and she said go back to your third world country she's denied it up and down but you know you can deny it when there's really no eyewitnesses there's no audio there's no video there's video out now and she had just done an interview with who taylor rooks yeah so taylor rooks she was on her podcast over a bleacher report and, and rooks asked her she's like you keep saying you didn't do it everybody else says you do it you did it why are these stories different a lot of girls don't like me. I don't really lean towards racially backed insults. That's not how I go. I'm very 
pro-black. So I'm you very, maintain that you did not say either of I did not say these things. to these guys. Why would something as bad as this happen? Because the truth looks a lot worse for other organizations involved than using me as a scapegoat. Like, why does Nigeria want me to leave Australia and go represent them? You're saying right now? We're filing for me to leave the Australian team so I can represent Nigeria. Because Nigeria would like you to join the team? I've been in cahoots. I've been talking with them since all of this happened. This is what I mean. People don't know the truth. Okay. Keep your third eye we're, open. There's a lot there. We're gonna we have we're gonna have to carry this over Tell you it's a good one. in a second. I'm just gonna say the comment about can you play the very beginning? How, how did she put it about uh like I don't lean into racially what was it? A lot of girls don't like me. I don't really lean towards racially backed insults. Okay, that's stop. not how I go. Okay, I'm stop. very um, black. She got mad at the coach of Connecticut because the coach of Connecticut made a comment about hey, how is her? How can you actually foul her as big as she is? Like, let's little little physicality. She called. She go he in said, the game. And she's she, like three hundred pounds. Yeah, he and she exactly. said, he said, or she said, Liz was like something about the little white coach. Uh, she also made comments about a local media member. We'll continue on this, and we got a lot of football in the five o'clock hour.